Hello, it's me, Tim, again. I always find my, I guess I do most of my thinking in the car because I'm in the car again, I'm driving. But um, I started talking to myself and I was like, why am I talking to myself? Just put it out there. So I was uh, thinking about like changing the narrative. I think I wrote something about that. And I was like, and I was actually listening to, I was watching Wanda Sykes. She's a comedian and um, I was watching her special last night. And something like stuck stood out when she was talking. She was um talking about having publicists and how black people don't really have a good publicist because you know how like if a black person commits a crime, then it's like what are these black people out here doing? But if a white person commits a crime, they kind of like they person they um humanize the the criminal to a point where you almost feel bad for the guy. So understanding that this is this is part of what what people do to control the narrative is how they spin things and as a black person we don't have um enough power in the media to speak on our on our own behalf in terms of like if one person does something that doesn't mean a whole group does something that just means that person's did something bad and they need to be punished for that one person and that can't be stressed enough, but I think that we're all we've been brainwashed, like basically since since the beginning of I don't know time. Since blacks and whites started getting together, we've been brainwashed to think that this is just the way it's going to be, and it's just the way it is, and we have to we have to be able to accept that. But I don't think we should accept it because only only through change becomes you know. You know something better for everybody. You know what I'm saying? We got to change the way we think in order for things to be better for us. So I was thinking about um, one thing I was thinking about was like black excellence and like how we don't really tell the stories about you know black excellence anymore to a point where if you don't see it in your neighborhood, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. If you don't see it in your family, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So a lot of times we just take what we see and we just run with it and we say this is all we have. But meanwhile, there are so many people out there that are that are doing good things and, you know, bettering themselves and their, and their families. And, you know, there's not a, they're not telling that story. You know what I'm saying? And I think and I think a lot of it comes from like the mentality of, hey, I got myself out of it. And I got to, I just got to, it's almost like we got to struggle just to stay out of that environment. Instead of just saying like, we deserve to, we deserve to be better. It doesn't, and I don't have to like fight so hard to keep what I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's still, there's still a level of anxiety when it comes to black people when in terms of like, all right, I got myself out of this situation. Let me just keep myself out of the situation and let me not do too much to like rock the boat or change things because I don't want to mess up what I have already. And I guess that's fine to a certain extent, but when our stories get told, our stories get told about us as a group. And I think if if you're gonna tell my story for me, and I'm if you put me in this situation, if you put me in this category, then I'm gonna fight my I'm gonna fight enough to make sure that I get to tell my side of the story as well. You know what I'm saying? And I think. You know, there's a lot of power that comes along with group dynamics. For instance, like, 
you know, if you're a racist and you find like 14 other racists, you guys like get together, you form a group and you guys feel more powerful. And then your voices become louder because you actually have enough people behind you to say, this is what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? But I think we don't do a better, a good enough job of saying, well, no, this is what we're talking about. So let's really um, figure out what the hell's going on. Like, we can't just say, well, they're talking about this, but we're going to keep our mouths shut because, you know, that's not true. But we're not going to keep fighting them because if we fight them, it just becomes tiring. I hope I'm still on. So what I want to do is I want to be tireless to the point where. You know, once the story gets told and once I'm finished up with this situation, when I'm finished up with this life, I want to be able to say, hey, I told my story and hopefully I changed some other people's minds and changed some people's lives and we can be able to tell a better story. So with that being said, um, I think, you know, I don't want to talk about like future plans, but I do want to talk about is um, <sighs> I was thinking about something that was really like upsetting and it was like gang affiliation basically now i know that it's not like a huge huge problem in the macro sense macro is the whole yeah macro sense of of um of black society but that story gets told more than any other story about black people every time you see something on tv it's like gang violence gang violence gang violence gangs this gangs this gangs this now I grew up in well, I, was, I grew up in Chicago until I was like 13. So of course, there's neighborhoods, and every neighborhood has a different gang to it. Uh, I lived on the west side of Chicago, almost it's called the Austin neighborhood. So I was right next to Oak Park, pretty much. Now my neighborhood was a vice lord, vice lord neighborhood, and even though I was not in the gang or affiliated with affiliated with them on a personal level, you know I was still close enough to where you know, I knew them and we talked and we played games together and, you know, I would even like doodle on my um, D-O-O-D-L-E on my um, papers at school, the 4-C-H um, so symbol, which is Four Corner Hustlers. So I knew all of that. Even though I wasn't in the gang, I knew what it meant. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like a kid. Imagine I'm like 9, 10, 8, 19 years old doodling Four Corner Hustlers on my paper in school, 4-C-H. Now, I didn't have a problem in terms of like in my neighborhood when it came to gangs because, you know, I was, you know, I was like, you know, you get along with everybody. You don't really bother anybody. So they just kind of like, you know, leave you alone. They don't make you join if you don't want to join. It's not like that serious. But when you cross over to Laramie or cross over Laramie, it's the disciple neighborhood. Now, the, if you go into a different gang neighborhood and you're not affiliated with that gang or they don't know you. They chase you out of there. Like, there's a few times that I had to, like, run from my mom's house to my aunt's house just so that I didn't get caught up by some gang members trying to chase me out of there. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the way it is. You cross over a street and it becomes a different gang neighborhood. And that's very unfortunate because that's, like, that's life. That has become life for probably, what, the generation before me, at least, so let's just say three generations for, so if I, I mean, I'm old enough to be a grandfather. So I guess four generations of black people in those particular neighborhoods have been indoctrinated 
to gang affiliation, whether you're in a gang or you know gang members or something, right? And once you put a gang number or you put a gang name behind a person, that becomes who they are. You know what I'm saying? So, like, now you'll say that kid is a... um, is a, is a disciple or that kid is a gangster or he's a vice lord or he's a, a blood or he's a crib or whatever he is that becomes who that person is so now you get marked with that scarlet letter of gang by the system and once you get marked you're pretty much hit right so you they'll hit you with something and then you'll end up being in that situation and then every time they look at you especially if you're on the outside if you're on it like if you're you know, in the the justice, the criminal justice system, they're gonna put you as a gang member, which totally changed the spectrum of how they're gonna punish you. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just it's just another form of slavery. Gang affiliation is another form of slavery because it does not uplift the people that are in the gang. It doesn't uplift them. It doesn't change. How people look at you, it changes, it changes, actually, it changes how they look at you in a negative light. Right? So, when you start throwing up gang signs, you start affiliating yourself with, like, whatever gang you're in. It's not like you're affiliating yourself with something that's, like, gonna cause joy and peace and harmony or uplift a whole, or uplift your people financially. You know what I'm saying? So... Why do we do it? Like, why are we still doing this? And I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand it's psychology. And psychologically, it's called the um, cohort effect. So the cohort effect is whatever the most powerful person in your sect or your group is doing, you're going to do that. So the most powerful people in most poor neighborhoods are the drug dealers or the gang members, right? Because... When you get out of that um, situation, if you're not a drug dealer or a gang member and you're living in a poor neighborhood and say you become a, you get a college degree, right? You get your bachelor's degree. You're not staying in that neighborhood. You're getting out of there. So the most powerful people in that hood still becomes the drug dealers and the gang members. And a lot of people who are not financially secure to get out of there, they stay there and then their children become what they see. Not all the time, but some of the times. But those times are the ones that the the United States of America portrays about us. When they see a kid and they say gang violence, and you see all the comments, some of them are bots, but you see all the people joining up and ganging on them and saying, look, this is what we're talking about. You guys care about black lives, but yet these black lives are still out there killing each other. And... The argument is like, well, not all black people are killing each other, but they don't see it that way. They say they, they say you guys, you guys. I had a guy who came to like he was a, I was, a, I'm a nurse. I was um seeing a person and his the, the son of the mother didn't like the way I I was um taking care of the patient, even though she didn't have nothing wrong with her. But his first response to the other nurse was, they want jobs, but they're not gonna do what they're supposed to do. Right? They. So I became they, which means they means everybody that looks like me, black person. And this is what we have to change about the narrative. It's not they. You know what I'm saying? And once we become they, that means we're all in the same group. So if they're going to treat us as they, then we as they have to do something 
to make ourselves build ourselves up. You know what I'm saying? Like all the other days are doing stuff to uplift themselves and build their own communities up. Indians, Chinese, Japanese, Hispanics, you know, island people, even like Jamaicans. They Jamaicans have a different set of um, morals and standards than we do. Not let's, let's just say they have a different way of looking at themselves. Like if you think about a Jamaican, you would think about somebody being hardworking before you think about them as being lazy and a drug dealer. Put it like that. And for some reason, the black American male is still looked at as don't want to work, lazy, probably on drugs or probably selling drugs. You know all this other stuff, and that's far from the truth. If you go on your Facebook and you see all of the black men you know on Facebook, 97.9% of those people are working, taking care of their families, living healthily, healthfully, whatever the word is. Spiritually, they're living in the spirit, you know, the spirit realm. Whatever they're doing, they're living that way, but it's not being portrayed because that, that we don't control the information that's being that's being sent out there. So what I, I think the message that I want to send today is like, the first thing we have to do is we have to figure out a way to take whatever, like, like in those neighborhoods that are like gang infested and drug infested and how do we get those children and those families to like change how they grow up or how they raise themselves. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, none of us is saying, none, like me, for instance, I am not going back to the west side of Chicago. I'm not going to live where I used to live at. First of all, my, my where I lived at is torn down anyway. But I'm not going back to that neighborhood. And that's just a fact. And any one of us who used to live there, who don't live there anymore, they're not going back to live there. And that, and, and that is the problem that we're faced with. Because once we get out of there, which is a black community... We're, we're going into an integrated community and we're not, you know, we're still we're still a minority in the integrated communities because, you know, we're just one of them now. But they looking at us like we're still one of you know them. That makes sense. You know, what I'm saying we're living amongst them, but they're looking at us as if we're still one of them, meaning them who are, are doing bad things in the, out there in society. So either we have to change how we how we look at ourselves and change the way we um, put ourselves out there or we have to go deeper and we have to get down to the to the root, which is the communities that we came from and, and change how we raise ourselves and raise our children and our mentalities like our mentalities in those communities that we came from. It's just like pfft, the survival of the fittest, basically. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I'm still thinking and I'm still talking. And hopefully one day I'll have an answer and I'll come back. And I'm like, boom, this is what we're going to do. Let's do it. And if I get backlash or whatever I get help or whatever I get for it, I'll, I'll deal with that. But in the meantime, I just want to put that out there because I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking. And I'm like, just talk, bro. Talk. So, I'm talking. All right. Bye.